In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm Director of Ministry Relations for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, one of the most well-known, indeed, it is the most quoted verse in the whole of Scripture, is John 3.16. You know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Well, we know that scripture. We know it very well. I've said it, I can't even tell you how many times in my life, but have we really, really considered what is meant by God so loved the world? That's everybody. That's everyone. All nations, ethnicities, tribes, people groups, however you want to define that, that's everybody. And joining us today is a ministry that is focused on bringing all people together in the unity of Jesus Christ. So let's talk about that. And of course, you know the drill to get us going to introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, my buddy, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Good to see you again, friend. Good to see you. Even in this virtual way we continue to do in this pandemic that is called COVID-19, we're able to connect but I have to tell you, when you were talking about John 3.16 there just a moment ago, Dennis, I'm really looking forward to actually going to a sporting event or turning on a sporting event again uh, on the television and seeing someone stand up in the stands with a poster board or a sign. This is John 3.16, right? Amen. It, Amen. It, it, it seems like you cannot go to a sporting event. You cannot watch a sporting event without that section of scripture coming up. Now, the reality is, is a lot of people know the reference John 3.16, even uh, maybe less, but a lot still know actually what it says. But living that out and what it means that God so loved the world, there seems to be even a less group of people that understand that. But fortunately for us, I think that's true. uh, The person that we have in virtual studio with us today really grasped that and wants us to help us understand the world aspect of John chapter 3, verse 16. So uh, in studio or in virtual studio with us today, we have Pastor Eric Teitelman. He is a Hebrew follower of Yeshua, an ordained bivocational pastor with the Southern Baptist Convention. He oversees what's called the House of David Ministries. It's a Messianic and Hebraic itinerant teaching and worship ministry that focuses on building the kingdom of God by bringing Jewish and Gentile Christians together as one new man in Christ, Yeshua. You can look at that in Ephesians chapter 2, 14 to 16. You can add that to your John 3, 16 poster if you want to put it up there as well. This ministry helps Christians gain and understand more of their Hebraic foundation and spiritual heritage. Uh, It helps the church embrace their calling concerning the Jewish people and understanding God's kingdom purposes and his prophetic promises for the church and Israel. Uh, Eric grew up in Bayam, Israel. He and his wife, though, Kim, they presently do not live there, but they live in Haymarket, Virginia, and he is joining us here today. So, 
Eric, it is glad, I am glad to see you, even if it's virtually. Welcome, We've seen each brother, other in welcome. person many yes. times. Yes. Uh, Thank you. Good morning. But uh, let's uh, go into what we're talking about a little bit. For those who may not be familiar with House of David, why don't we start by uh, letting our listeners know a little bit about what that ministry is. Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. A lot of people want to know what is an itinerant ministry, and and the first thing I tell them is that basically I I go where people want to hear a message, and so I'll travel. I'm doing a lot of work online, virtually now, of course, uh, through the internet, but uh, House of David Ministry started in Northern California, Chico State University as a collegiate ministry. Our objective was to reach Jewish students. That's why we called it House of David. It has a very sort of Jewish sounding name to it, but we really wanted to disciple students, college students, and we partnered with InterVarsity International and brought in uh, international students from many, many different countries and began discipling uh, those college students and teaching them, part of the discipleship was to teach them about their Hebraic foundation, in other words, what the, the foundation of Christianity that came through the Old Testament and through the nation of Israel and essentially became what we know of Christianity today. Now, we know that our listeners hear us talk over and over and over again about good news, uh, the gospel. And I think hopefully if they've been listening now for several years, they understand who Jesus is, what it means that he came, he died for our sins, rose again victorious over sin, death, and the grave. But oftentimes, um, as I engage people, and Dennis, maybe it's the same, and Eric, I know this is one of your passions to help people understand deeper. They, uh, as I engage people, they don't necessarily understand the deep roots behind that. Specifically, when you say things like Hebraic teaching, worship, yes. uh, creative arts, connect those dots a little bit. What do you mean by that for maybe someone who uh, understands who Jesus is as Savior, but maybe not some of the other stuff connected? With? Sure. That's actually a very common question because I think sometimes people misconstrue when I say Hebraic or um, biblical biblical foundation. They they think, and I think unfortunately because some are trying to convert the church into something that is Jewish or Messianic, that's actually not what, what I'm doing. What Essentially, what I'm doing is I'm teaching on the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel, of course, is the message of salvation personal salvation through Christ, through Yeshua, and the gospel of the kingdom, which is present in the believer now, we have the Holy Spirit, is also about the future promises that God has made to his people, not just to Israel, uh, the Jewish people, but to all the nations of the world. And so the teaching, to me, that when I talk about Hebraic foundation, it's about teaching first where the church came from, you know, what is the, you know, how did the church uh, evolve historically, and, and how are we connected to the nation of Israel, because we are? What are the promises that God has made to the Jewish people and to the nation of Israel? How is the church partnered with God to bring those promises to fulfillment? And what does the future look like for us as we are living out these days before the kingdom has been established here in the earth? But we, we do believe that, I believe that Jesus is coming back to the earth and the same way he ascended, it says he's coming back. He is going to establish his kingdom here in this earth, headquartered in Jerusalem, and he's going to gather the the dispersed, uh, the, the left 
those who are still left of the, of the Jewish people to the nations, that he's going to bring them back to the land. He's going to plant them in, in the land. And the church is going to come with Christ and rule and reign over all the nations of the earth through the millennial kingdom. And so the ministry go, you know, goes back to the foundation, but then brings us into the future of where we're going as the church. Now, I want to kind of make a shift if I can a little bit. It's connected uh, to the ideas of what you're saying, but it's also connected to if you think about uh, one of the goals of One Heart DC. One Heart DC, you know, is one of the partners with WAVA for Good News for the City. And if you look under some of their pillars, one of their pillars is this idea of unity. Yes. Unity is something that's uh, spoken about a lot, I think, no matter where you look accomplished a lot. Well, that's a different story, right? We can all agree that's much more challenging. And one of your ministry focuses here is to bring together, to create a unity between Gentile Christians and Messianic Jews uh, together as one new person um, in Christ, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Yeshua. Yeshua. Would you talk a little bit about uh, how you're attempting to, to make that happen? Well, it happens, I think, in two ways. The first is through teaching and uh, helping people to gain that understanding of what does the Bible say about uh, Jesus, for example, wanting to the John 17 prayer, for example. What, yeah. what, is that, uh, what is that? And what does it look like? Um, but, like it, but I get a lot of other questions uh, about Israel. You know, how do the Jewish people fit into God's plans for the church? You know, when is God going to save Israel? When is he going to restore the kingdom to, to Israel? And, and so we've got all these questions. And, and you know, who is the church? Uh, is the church the replacement for Israel? Are we the new Israel? Are we a, an expansion of Israel? What, you know, what is Israel and, and where does the church, where do the nations fit in to God's bigger picture as he's restoring all the nations he's bringing all the nations under his kingdom authority so i try to help bring through teaching i help try to help bring that clarity uh to to christians that want to understand that god is working with israel he's working with the jewish people he's also concurrently working with all of the the nations of the earth and presently we're in what's called the age of the church or the church mm -hmm. age and he is the gospel is actively going out into all the nations of the earth and God is advancing his kingdom by bringing all of the various tongues and tribes and different nations of the earth under his dominion authority as they come into uh, salvation and receive the message, the gospel and the truth of, of salvation. And, and then one day he's going to bring all of us together as one, one people of God. And, and so, the, so, but I don't think we have to wait until Jesus comes back to the earth to begin coming together as one people of yeah. God. And so there, the, there's the teaching part and then there's the activation part where I work with other like-minded ministries and we begin to come together as one people of God. We put away our theological differences so that we can embrace uh, the truth that we all believe and accept and love Jesus. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. And that we are one people and we have our uniqueness, the way that God has created each of us. Each of us has our own cultural uh, difference. We have our own ethnicities. We have our own language differences even, but it doesn't matter because in Christ and the Holy Spirit unites us, we are one people of God. And so how do, you know, what are the opportunities that we can come together and really be the one people of God and, and, and to connect with, like I said, other people, other ministries and, and One Heart DC uh, is really a huge part of the time that I've been investing to help connect with other ministries in this area. 
Yeah, it's been said that if uh, leadership was easy, we'd have a lot more leaders. Uh, <laughs> and, if, and if unity was easy, we'd be a lot more unified. That's so right. by, by saying that, obviously the implication is, is that there are some challenges. You, you've mentioned some of them already um, to unity. Talk yes. about, as you interact with people, some common things that, that pop up that can create barriers or obstacles that are necessary to overcome if we're going to have this John 17 type unity that Jesus prayed for when it's in the upper room that you mentioned. Well, I've had many, probably like you, many discussions with, with pastors and leaders. And I've heard, I remember sitting down uh, at lunch one day with a, a new pastor I just met and he, he introduced himself as I'm a hardcore reformed theologian Calvinist. And wow. Thought, that's quite the introduction. Isn't that quite an introduction? And I thought, Oh wow. Uh, well, my name is Eric Teitelman and you know, I'm a hardcore kingdom guy and I love Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you know, I've, I've heard people argue over, and I've been in meetings with the pastors where they'll look at me and they say, well, you know, you're Southern Baptist, so you've got to be Calvinist. And I'm like, well, not, don't, you know, not so fast. Maybe I'm not. Um, but people tend to like, they want to divide themselves over these theological differences. I've been in churches where I've talked to pastors about getting connected with one heart DC. And they say, look, I'm, you know, I'm a, this and this denominational guy. And that this is where I just spend all my time and energy. I don't really want to get involved with other denominations. So, and the list goes on. And then I've seen, unfortunately, divisions in our churches over socioeconomic and racial uh, differences because of where people live and the demographics of how people are dispersed in our region and, and throughout the country. And, and people just get hung up. And, I th- mm-hmm. and unfortunately, I think we're hung up because of all the things we see in the natural. If we could just step back for a moment and realize that in the spirit, we're already connected as one people of God, whether we, whether we know it, feel it, sense it, or even understand it. The minute that, that a person is saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, they are now part of the kingdom. And yeah. we, are all, we are all connected together as one people. But in the natural, we have all of these barriers because we, you know, we're still walking in the old wineskin, so to speak, as, as Jesus said. And the old wineskin has a lot of issues. And, mm. and those issues are causing us in the natural to segregate ourselves and not really come together as the people of God. So we have to, and, and Paul said it very clearly. He said, you, you, if you walk in the flesh, if you live in the flesh, you're going to walk according to the flesh. And if you walk according to the spirit, then you will feel and sense and see all of the things of the spirit coming together. So we, we have to somehow shed ourselves of the natural things that we see and look past that and allow the Holy Spirit to show and his eyes to show through us what he sees and 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 give people a lot of grace and a lot of room for our flaws that we all have and to look beyond that to see how god wants to bring us together uh, i don't yeah, have a perfect answer i wish i did no. <laughs> but, well I, I love how you you frame that i think it what you're telling us is it's the process of becoming what we actually already are that's right you know in christ we are one in christ jesus that is a reality that if that's we right. have a relationship with jesus christ said it so but becoming and living out of that reality is, is a whole different story. I think the technical term that we talk about here a lot is this idea of sanctification, becoming more like Jesus, getting that's rid right. of the stuff that's of the flesh and it's of ourselves and putting on more of that's of him and of the spirit. And, and um, I think that's a daily process for us all. And I think this COVID-19, just to be honest, has yeah. created more opportunities uh, to get rid of some stuff of the flesh or to kind of hold on to some of the things of the flesh. because it, That's right. It, it creates a lot of unknown, right? And I think as people, 
whether we try to or not, um, we find ourselves in comfort zones. Uh, this, this is where I love to run in my denominational circle. I love to run right. in my theological circle, or I love to run in my geographical circle or demographical circle. Pick whatever graphic you want to say to run in. When we look at the body of Christ, how can we um, help encourage or get people to think more globally, or even just maybe not globe, just outside of their little section and not get stuck in their mindset of, this is my community, or this is my socioeconomic bracket, or right. this is my ethnicity, or this is my particular worship stylistic preference, whatever it might be. How do we push beyond that? That's a great question. And I, you know, I wish I had uh, like a simple, perfect packaged answer that I could give you, but I, I think- it, Well, if you did, you could write a book and I you could write not a, have I to come on this show it. anymore, right? Yeah. That's right. I, I, think it, I think it actually comes down to, first of all, going back to what you said, I, you know, I absolutely believe we are connected in the spirit but each of us is walking things out this life journey that we are on that we are we are each on our own place in this journey of life that God is taking us as we are maturing in him as he day by day is is kind of this narrow path you know Jesus said that that the gate is narrow and the path is difficult and narrow that leads to eternal life and so the, the this life this journey as as a christian is not intended to be necessarily easy. I think it's intentionally intended to come with challenges, difficulties. And it's through those difficulties, the Bible tells us repeatedly that through those challenges and through those difficulties, that our faith is tested and strengthened as we overcome those difficulties and we persevere, that we mature essentially. And there's a whole list of these spiritual maturities that are reflected in what it looks like to come through hardship. Nobody likes hardship. I don't like hardship. Nobody likes hardship. Everybody likes comfort. I like comfort. Yeah. And so as Christians, we, if we take the comfortable path, I feel like we're on that wide road that's easy. And that, that, that if we wanted to get on that narrow, difficult path that Jesus talks about, that we're going to face those difficulties. But God knows, he knows that through those challenges, that those challenges will bring us to a level of spiritual maturity. So you take COVID-19 as an example, and I feel like as Christians, our, our world has been turned upside down. My world was turned upside down overnight. I mean, in, yeah. in less than 24 hours, everything literally turned upside down. And the question is, how, how am I going to respond individually? And how are we going to respond corporately? Are we going to freak out and, you know, say, oh my gosh, my world's upside down. Or are we going to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I need your strength. I need your, I, I need your presence. I need your wisdom, your understanding at this time to help me understand what I'm going through personally or what we are going through corporately and to carry us through. Because Jesus said, if you build your house on him as the rock, when all of the shaking or the storm comes, you will not be swept away. But if you build your house on things that are temporal or temporary. And if we put our trust in government, we put our trust in the things, the economic systems of this world, when shaking comes and those things are being shaken to their core and our trust is in those things, we will, our foundation will fracture. So long answer, but I, I believe that God is just simply taking us through a time of maturing in him. And I think as we, as we mature, that's, 
when we will begin, people will begin to look beyond just their natural circumstances, say, oh my gosh, maybe there's a spiritual thing here that God is doing through me in the church. And I love that reference you used to use when Jesus was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, when you build your house on the rock or build your house on the sand. And, and it dawned on me one day that I don't think anyone knowingly says, hey, I'm going to go out and build this on sand and it's going to go away. I think part of that teaching is, is that we think it's more stable than it is. That's right. right? I mean, no one's going to invest all that willingly, knowingly. We, there's, a, there's a bit of um, self-deceit or cultural deceit that says these That's things right. are more stable than they are. And, and you find ourselves now, maybe for the first time in a lot of our listeners, whole life saying, okay, these very things that we thought we could say, they're never going to change. I, they're not going to, you know, I'm going to always be able to go to work or I'm always going to be able to, uh, the whole stock market isn't going to crash, pick up a whole bunch of things that seemed like rock are exposing themselves to be much less than rock being sand. And I think that's a, that's a wonderful wake up call. And, and I hear you just talking about this idea over and over again uh, about Having the kingdom of God uh, on earth as it is in heaven, I think, is another way you can right. say it. You know, we understand it's not going to be perfect this side of eternity, but it can be a whole lot more like Jesus and like what he wants to be than it is. And that's right. our job with the help of the Holy Spirit to bring that. Um, so what I thought maybe we would do uh, in these last few moments together is um, I, I would like to invite you, if you would, we do this often for our listeners, is to pray. Yeah. Pray over our listeners, to pray over the churches that are here in the Washington metro area and pray over uh, the opportunity um, that is now in this moment uh, that more of Jesus can show up, more unity can come, show up and less of us, less of the flesh, less of the enemy uh, and do that. So in this last sort of minute, minute and a half or so, if you don't mind, can, can I ask you to do that for us? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this day. We lift up your name and we glorify your son. We thank you that you have sent Jesus into this world that you have taken upon yourself all of our sinful nature and all of the shortcomings that we have within us, Lord, and that you have given us your Holy Spirit. You have filled us with your Holy Spirit. You have made us a new creation in Christ, and you've also made us one new man in Christ of every tongue and tribe, the Jewish people and all the nations of the earth coming together as one people of God, Lord, we worship the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Lord. And I, I just pray through this time, this, this season, that the earth, the whole earth is going through a time of shaking and difficulty, tribulation, as the, as the Bible would even say. Lord, that the church would, we would use this time to really awaken ourselves to the, the reality of the time is short and that we we have a calling, a very important mission, a very important calling from you, Lord Jesus, to go out into every nation, every place in the earth where we where we can and where we still can travel or share the gospel through the internet, that we have the opportunity to share the good news of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And yes, that yes. includes the personal salvation, but also the future promise of the resurrection and the millennial kingdom that you have promised, Lord, to establish in all the earth over Israel and over all the nations of the earth, Lord. Lord, so I pray, use us, awaken us and use us and send us to finish the great commission, Lord. And so, Lord, I thank you. I ask for your strength for each and every one of us in your body of Christ here and around the world. Strengthen us in this time, Lord. Bring us close to you and, Lord, use us and send us into the nations of the earth with the message of the gospel. We ask these prayers in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, Yeshua. 
Amen. 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 God bless you, brother. Thank you for being with us. Eric's a good friend of One Heart DC and WAVA, and uh, we've been trying to get him on for a while, so it's good to see your face. I'd rather um, give you a hug and see you in person, my friend, but uh, um, I don't know. Brian and I always talk about we have faces for radio, uh, and it's kind of a shame you guys get to see our faces this way, maybe, but uh, I haven't shaven this week, so uh, that's kind of cool stuff. So anyway, thank you again, folks. God bless you all. Thank you for listening, by the way. If you want more information and you want to get in touch with Eric, go to thehouseofdavid.org. That's thehouseofdavid.org. If you want to listen to this again, if you want to hear this again, go to goodnewsforthecity.com or wava.com. Put in the keyword good news. Look under our podcast page. Or again, you can give me a call at the station. I still get my messages, 703-807-2266. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel gospel that makes a way. The gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.